Radio Kol Ramah. You've been listening to the track Asis Eshkol from an evening concert, Wingdale, New York, a 1965 album recorded live at Camp Ramah in the Berkshires. I'm so happy to have here with us today Max Silverstone, who brought this gem to us. And we're going to hear about the research he's been doing on camp through the decades, with a few surprises, by the way. So stay tuned. Radio So happy to be here with you, Max. Here at Radio Korama Babayit. And we're here... Oh, you, oh, that's great. Yeah. And, um, well, let, let me read what the shirt says since this is going to be audio. Aniba Bayed, Uli Vili B, Barama, Berkshires. So, uh, <laughs> and, and we're here with Max Silverstone, who is, um, a music specialist at Camp Ramah and is a student at JTS, what is it, the H.L. Miller. Cantorial school. Cantorial school. school. So that's pretty cool. I'm actually sitting right now in the JTS Beit Shira. We have a we have a a two room music library full of vinyl records, CDs, a lot of sheet music. Um, it's a fun space. I like to take a lot of my classes in here while I'm on Zoom. Nice vinyl records. So you guys still use that over in uh, school. Oh yeah, let's see. Wow, you got a bunch there. Yeah. All right. And and vinyl records is uh, in a way, kind of what brings us together here on Zoom today. That's true. Yeah. Actually, I have the uh, 1965 Camp Vinyl record in here. That's how I was able to digitize it was because there's a record player here. I don't have one in my apartment. <laughs> we have one here. I mean, obviously, radio listeners won't be able to see it, but I have it. <laughs> and well, we do have we do have a picture. Show it though. We have we do have a picture up on the website. Yeah, right down there. Yeah, so, what are, what are we looking at? Tell us what's going on here. Um, so this is a record that was. It's really a concert that was recorded at Ramah Berkshire's in 1965. Uh, Velvel Pasternak was, I think, the Roche Musica at the time, 
And, you know, he had a very long career as a musicologist, composer, um, conductor, a lot of things. Uh, and also David Tillman and, and Aviva Kligfeld, who are now cantors, cantor David Tillman and Aviva uh, Rosenblum is her married name. They were also on the music staff. And uh, over the course of the summer, um, all these different groups, like little choirs and bands, orchestras, rehearsed. And then uh, I was talking to Cantor Tillman about this a few weeks ago. He said maybe like the seventh or eighth week, like right at the end of the summer, they did this big concert in Baydon Bet. Um, and they recorded it, and you could get the uh, record at the canteen. But I just, I found it on eBay, like, a month ago. I just searched Wing Down, and it came up, and I'm like, oh, yeah, Camp, 1965, I'll buy it. 1965. Now, the little bit of research I did, I and my staff here, it, if I'm not mistaken, the first year of Camp Ramon, the Berkshires, up in Wingdale, first year was... Um, 1964 am i correct yeah. on that yeah so there had been camps on the property since 1910 but yeah ramah itself uh bought the property in 64 and um so what made you google wingdale you you're kind of researching this right tell us yeah. what you're doing let's get the whole story um, i got all night <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope you have all night. So basically, when coronavirus first started hitting everyone and we were going into lockdown, um, I really started missing camp a lot. And this was before camp even got canceled. So I just kind of like Googled things relating to camp, like Wingdale, Lake Ellis, and I discovered all these postcards of these places that existed on the property before camp. And, and, I knew, and I knew that they were the same property because I recognized, like, the buildings. I recognized Lake Ellis. Um, and then the day that Rabbi Linden sent out the email announcing that camp would be canceled for the summer, I bought every single postcard that I had found online. Um, and then afterwards, I, like, wanted to know more about these postcards, so I started, like, looking up the search terms on it. So one of the places was called the Pine Forest Colony, so I Googled it, and... I found a few, like, legal documents, a bunch of newspaper articles about it, and then I even got a subscription to newspapers.com just because, like, I wouldn't actually be able to read the articles unless I got a subscription. And when I was searching it there, I found literally hundreds of hits of, like, ads, articles, social items. Um, and then through those articles, I was able to find other terms to search. So, like, people's names, like Joseph uh, D. Weil was the name of the person who founded the Pine Forest Colony, so I searched him, and then I was able to find more information about him as a person, but also about the camp in Wingdale. Um, and so the, the three main camps that existed were um, Joseph Weil's camp, the whole kind of thing was called the Wingdale Development Corporation, and it consisted of the Pine Forest Colony, among a few other camps. There was also uh, Camp Kiwa, which was on the property from 1934 to 1963 until they sold to Ramah. And there was a Wingdale Country Club, which bought part of the um, Pine Forest Colony property in 1945 and was there until 1952 when they sold to Camp Kiwa, and Kiwa expanded to take over the rest of the um the rest of the property. But basically, I've just been, like, Googling those things, searching in newspaper art archives, um, searching for postcards, and I found a bunch of articles, a bunch of pictures um, telling me all this history. 
and I'm hoping to um, share it, like, maybe as a book, maybe I can make more podcasts where I focus more on, like, each individual place or a certain period of time. Um, but yeah, that's, I guess, the general gist of the project. If I'm not mistaken, I, I, I have this vague memory of hearing this once, the Wingdale Country Club, that's why we call that area in our camp the golf course. Am I correct on that? Yes. Um, so actually, the golf course was built by Joseph Weil when it was part of the Pine Forest Colony. I, I have the newspaper article announcing it. I think, I think it was from 1938, 1939, sometime in the 30s, I believe. Um, and before that, it had been a farm. Um, so they built the golf course. And then I could see after that any advertisement for the Pine Forest Colony said, like, we have a sporty golf course. And what they meant by sporty was that, like, there were kind of a lot of hills, and a, they built, like, an artificial pond as a water hazard. Like, it, it, it wasn't, it, it was a tough golf course. Um, but I did also find that for the Wingdale Country Club, they held a lot of golf tournaments there. Um, and there were actually a lot of professional athletes, not necessarily golfers, but, like, baseball players, football players, basketball players, who would go to the Wingdale Country Club either as workers or as patrons, and they would compete in these golf tournaments there. And I thought that that was really cool. So just looking over and, and learning the history of those grounds, which I know mean a lot to you, I know that, a lifetime. Yeah, for sure. And your, your whole family, your, your dad, your, I know you, 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 both your parents were alumni of the camp? Um, uh, just my mom. Mom. And... Um, so the, so that's in your DNA. So the land, just the connection to the land is important, le learning about that. But yeah. it's kind of interesting that what the first thing or one of the earlier things that your research brings you to is a musical album. That's true, yeah. So so that is something. So um, getting, get it, so let's, let's start with, with talking about that album the camp is brand new first year of camp ramon the berkshire 64 and 65 they have victor pasternak you say was the pasternak. what's that yeah. velville velville pasternak was the uh rosh uh rosh musica is that yeah, is that right oh so, yeah and and aviva clickfeld she was staff or a camper in those years uh, she, she was on staff then so she was on staff, and same with um, David Tillman. Wow. Ready for the judgment day, my Lord, my Lord, are you 
David Tillman, and we, um, I may have emailed you this yeah. a few years back at Zimriya. His daughter uh, was Rosh Machana Aleph that year, and uh, he came to visit, and we actually have an interview of him on uh, one, of, one of the podcasts up on uh, kolramah.us, Zimriya. I'm blanking on what year that was. That was uh, 2015. Okay, 2015. So if you go on our website, kolramah.us, and you Google Zimriya 2015, you, you'll be able to hear that uh, interview with David Tillman. So that's cool. So so tell us what, what you've learned about what, what is your research taking you to in terms of music and everything at camp um well so i guess most of my research has been from before camp from before the property was ramah but what what i can say about with this record and like the early days of ramah um well i guess the way that ramah became ramah at least berkshire's was um the directors of kiwa adolf geiger and is Moniz. Um, they were like getting older and they were ready to retire and they wanted to sell the camp. Um, but none of their kids wanted to buy it because they already had their own careers going. Um, but Adolf Geiger knew, uh, Rabbi Max Arts, who I think was the vice chancellor of JTS at the time, the Jewish Theological Seminary, or at least he had some affiliation with them. And so that's how the connection formed and how the property got sold and became Camp Ramon, the Berkshires. Um, but one thing when I was talking to Tanner David Tillman on the phone a few weeks ago, and he said that in the early days of Ramad, there was still a lot of Kiwa uh, memorabilia up. So, like, there were trash cans that said, keep Kiwa clean, um, which I think I think we should paint that on all of our trash cans. I can't, I don't, you know, pe- people won't understand it unless you listen to this podcast, but I think that would be a funny thing to include. Um, and, like, in, in the dining hall, there were, like, all these, all this Kiwa stuff, which now we have, like, mosaics and whatever else we have hanging up there. I know we have, like, some signs in Hebrew, of course. Um, there was there was actually a bowling alley where Beit Kochavim is now attached to Beit Amalef, 
It's funny because as a camper, I always heard that like there used to be a bowling alley at Beta Malif, and I believed it. And then when I was on, when I became a staff member, I'm like, oh, that's not true. Like they were just <laughs> making that up. But no, there was a bowling alley at Beta Malif. David Tillman said so, and so did some of the Kiwa people that I've talked to. Um, what else? Also, I've just seen like even from the postcards and the people I've talked to about Kiwa, a lot of the buildings that we have in camp are older than camp itself. Um, so Bait on Bet, for example, was built in 1932. Um, and I know the Boys Key Car was maybe also part of the 1932 project or maybe part of what Kiwa built when they bought that part of the property in 1934. The jury's still out on which one. Um, but the Boys Key Car was actually the junior juniors girl, junior girls camp at Kiwa. And the girls' key car was the senior girls' camp at Kiwa, and A-side was the boys' camp at Kiwa. Um, and one other thing Kiwa did was they had, like, a very Native American theme going, which, like, you know, now, today, we understand that that's offensive, but at, at the time, that was what they did. So, like, at Eagle Olive, at the Kiwa and the boys' camp, they would do their, like, Indian tribal ceremonies, and there was, like, a teepee in the middle. I, I have a picture. I have a postcard of it. Um, and they would like sing these chants of the different tribes, which are actually what are what's on the uh, Kiwa album that I've also that we've also put up on the Kolrama website. of information I found was during World War One in 1916, uh, the the Pine Forest Colony and College Camp became the Pine Forest Military Academy, and in the newspaper advertisements, it said, first military academy for Jewish boys in the United States. And wow. it's just amazing that a hundred years ago, way before, like, Ramah as a concept even existed like this property housed like a jewish thing um, I, th- I thought that that was really interesting i you know i was going to ask you if these prior incarnations of that land had a jewish uh flavor to it so the pine forest colony yeah b- back in the early 1900s that was a resort a resort type of Yes. Situation. Yeah. And that kind of went into, at least for some time, to a boys' 
military academy yeah. catering to Jewish boys. That is uh, something. Yeah, it, it was also a boys' summer program. That's actually how it started. So in 1910, Joseph Lyle was the principal of Harlem Preparatory School, which was on 122nd Street and 7th Avenue. And if you recognize 122nd Street, it's literally down the street from JTS. Um, and 7th Avenue nowadays is called Adam Clayton Powell Jr. Bullock. He represented Harlem. Um, but yeah, in 1910, it was the college camp for the boys from that school. And then, yeah, and then later in the mid-1910s, it was expanded to the Pine Forest uh, Colony, um, which is listed in one place as being a, as serving only Jewish customers. But other than that, I couldn't find anything Jewish with the Pine Forest Colony. Only the Pine Forest Military Academy for that. So that's the history. And then I think you said in around 34, Camp Kiwa yeah. came in. I was, and, and Camp Kiwa, uh, the family that owned it, Geiger family. Yeah, that was and, one of the families. Yeah, and the, Geiger and Moniz, M O N E S. I the little bit of reading I did, the Geigers owned it, and then their this I thought it was their sons, or actually did the directing of the camp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was a son was like a director for a while. So did Kiwa cater to a Jewish clientele? They did, in fact, yes. Um, so they were a very secular camp, but they were a Jewish camp. Just about every camper and staff member was Jewish. Um, and similar to Ramon Berkshire's, the people who went to the camp came from the same areas. Like, they came from Westchester, Long Island, New York City. Um, really from, so I've actually had a few phone calls and email correspondence with some Kiwa alumni. And it seems like the only Jewish aspects of the camp was that the food was kosher style. And every Saturday morning, they would do... Um, services in the in what they call the social hall, or what we know now as Beit Amalef or Beit Ambet. Um, but that even the services themselves weren't super religious, but more kind of like cultural and spiritual. Um, but that's about the Jewish character, about all there is for the Jewish character of Kiwa. All right, so they, they had a, a nice run from 34 to 63. Yeah. And, um, and you found an album from that time so tell us about that um so this album was recorded in 1961 at kiwa um it was i guess a lot of the chants and marches that the kids would sing during their color wars um along with just like some kiwa cheer songs like let's give a cheer for kiwa or a song called is there a dash because there's like a joke of if there's supposed to be a dash between the words ki and wa
Um, there's like a Kiwa farewell song, which really brings a tear to my eye every time I listen to it. It's a beautiful song about how like the sun sets at Kiwa and you make beautiful memories with your friends and then you leave and all you want to do is go back next summer. Um, which like, you know, we can say the same thing about Ramah today. Like, you know, you sit at the amphitheater on Kavala Shabbat and you see the sunset. And then after you leave camp, that's all you think about and you just want to return.
need to find out where the album was recorded. I'm guessing that it was re- also recorded in Beit Ambet, or as they called it, the social hall. Um, but the album is actually available at the Smithsonian Folklife Archives in Washington, D.C. Although I didn't get it from there, I got it from a Kiwa alumna, alumna named Professor Gail Antical because she had a copy from when she was at Kiwa, and she digitized it and sent it to me. Um, and now we, we've uploaded it, so make sure that you uh, give it a listen on kolrama.us. And I really want to thank you, Max, for, for bringing both of these albums to us to upload them. There's something charming about seeing them in an album form, you know? Uh, yeah. That's cool. And um, so tell us more about uh, the professor who, who you've been speaking to from Kiwi and, and who, how you kind of got to speak to people in Kiwi and how you got their, uh, all this information. Um, so I was actually talking to Eric Lederman, who, if you're a loyal listener, you'll, you'll remember him. Um, he worked, what, what years was he working for Colorama, like 2012? Well, listen, he was working with Colorama ever since he was a young camper. So, I mean, I don't know, but he, uh, he, uh, just, I'll I'll throw it out there. He was an award winner. He was our, uh, social media director award winner. So I, I just wanted to put that out there, but it's not about the awards. But yeah. <laughs> but anyway, no, Eric, uh, and then he was uh, Roche Radio and, and director yeah. of Korama. I, the exact years, uh, I don't know. We'll have to, yeah. we'll get that up on the website as All an right. archive. Awesome. But yeah, uh, anyway, the reason why I bring him up is because um, I had been like messaging with him every once in a while, like telling, sharing with him some of my discoveries because I know how much he loves camp, and I think his dad used to be like the business manager, something to do with the property. Um, so like it runs in his family, just like it runs in mine. So I was talking to him, and I'm like, "Do you have any idea how I can contact like people who went to Camp Kiwa?" Like. The camp closed almost 60 years ago, but surely there are still people around who remember it. Um, and he pointed out to me that there's a Kiwa Facebook group. So I tried joining the Facebook group, but no one would accept me. So I had to, like, take it a step further. So I just looked up all the people who are on the Facebook group, and I just, like... And then Gail Antical, she was the one whose email I was able to find online. She's an art professor, and she has, like, a website. You can check out all her art. It's really beautiful, and her email's on her website. So then I sent her an email, and we were talking. She sent me the the album, and she added me to the group. And then once I was on the Facebook group, there's 130 members who are all Kiwa alumni, so I made some posts. And this has only been going on for the last few, for the last week and a half, really, but um, I've had a few phone calls and emails with Kiwa alumni, and I'm sure I'll have more in the coming weeks. And through that, I've been able to find a lot more information about Kiwa that I otherwise wouldn't have been able to get in newspaper articles that I was looking at before I was doing that. So, so you you have a you have a a, a particular interest in the music aspect of these camps i mean or more just the the history of what happened on this wonderful property that we call ramah um i guess like i've i started off with just an interest in the 
general history, but now that I've discovered that there is music to be had, I'm definitely trying to dive deeper into that and find out anything I can find out about the music. Um, what I actually want to do, some of the Kiwa songs, I'm thinking maybe I can translate them into Hebrew, replace the word Kiwa with Rama, and then teach those songs at camp. Wow. <laughs> Brings it full circle. That would be great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I like that idea. The, uh, I, I, you know, when I first saw that album um, done by uh, Pasternak et al. Uh, in 65, I, I really wanted to know more about where they did it and how they did it. And then there's another person's name on that album who did the recording. Uh, Ken Tarlow. Yeah, I, I, I was trying to find I, him online. I, I wasn't sure there... I, I, but um, did did Cantor Tillman or Kligfeld, uh, did, did they tell you a little bit about how that was recorded? Or? Um, no. All they said was that like they put on a concert and it happened to be recorded. Because I know that like, you know, in the last decade and a half we would re we recorded a few albums with brian gelfand but that was where like we went to the basement of the vermont and we like did multiple takes and like whatever and that was like an actual recording of an of like an of you know making a cd but this was rather just a concert where i guess they happened really a live recording and the technology yeah. was a little different uh back then yeah. You told me something interesting. They, uh, what, what's the the exact name of that album? Um, oh yeah, it's called An Evening Concert, Wingdale, New York, 1965. And there's a story. Yeah, um, Kenner Tillman told me that they weren't allowed to put Ramah, like the name Ramah, on the record for some reason. So that's why it just says, like, it's in Wingdale. Um, and because, like, when I searched Wingdale on eBay and I saw the record, at first I didn't think anything about it. And then I'm like, oh, wait, like, a Jewish record from Wingdale, like, it must be Ramah. Like, you know, there, there aren't any synagogues in Wingdale. Like, where, where are there Jews in Wingdale? Camp Ramah. Fabulous, fabulous. I, I hope we, we could get Cantor Tillman and Kligfeld and some of the other people uh, yeah. t together and, and talk a little bit. It's, it's, it's all fascinating. So... So, wow. So you've taken us through the history of our Machanenu. Yeah. Machanenu in, in Wingdale. So where do we go from here? Um, well, so my hope is that, like, I only have so much time now, given that I am a Cantoro student and I'm doing all my Zoom classes and homework. But I'm hoping over winter break when I have more free time to kind of write it up into, like, a little book or an article or something like that. Um, that I can like publish by which I mean I can send it out to camp people, friends, family, donors, board members, Hanhala, like whomever would be interested. Um, Korama listeners, of course. Um, and I'm also thinking that like in the coming summer, um, I can kind of like share these stories as a harga'a where like I go into a bunk at night before the kids go to sleep and tell them stories. I'm thinking maybe we can frame some of the pictures, postcards, and newspaper articles that I found and hang them up in the studio. Um, yeah, I just want to like share this information with as many people as possible because 
I'm sure anyone who's been to camp loves the place and would love hearing more about what the place was and used to be. It really gives you like more of a like sense of wholeness being in the place now. Sounds like a good dissertation for a graduate project or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I can get a PhD in Ramah Berkshire's studies. <laughs> wow. So, wonderful, wonderful. I, I, I hope we get a chance to speak soon. And I know, uh, thanks to you, we, we do have these up on our SoundCloud. The, the, the Wingdale Berkshire's album is up on our website and we're going to uh, also put Kiwa up on our website and hopefully our li- hopefully our listeners are listening to what we're discussing now on our website and um do you have the ability to play something now or is that not something you're set up for no I'm not set okay up for all right we'll we'll do yeah. that on on another time yeah. um I'll let it something in This is great. Yeah. What what did what did I what did we not discuss about this fascinating history and project? Um, I, I have some stuff to say about the Window Country Club, um, and then also one other thing is that Kanner Tillman told me that there's a an, another 1969 record that he has that he's gonna find someone to di- digi- digitize that he can also send to me, and then of course we'll upload that. Huh. Um, 
Well, that's something to look forward to. Good. And and what and what's so you you have something about the Wingdale Country Club? Yeah, yeah we didn't speak yeah. about that. Yeah. So um, the Wingdale Country Club it also had a little bit of a Jewish character to it. Um, it was owned by a few Jews, including at one point it was owned by a football player named Sid Luckman. Um, Mitch, have you ever heard of him? No. No. Okay. Well. Um, he was he was a Jew from Brooklyn. He actually went to the same high school as my great uncle Willie Erasmus High School. Well, Erasmus, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, on and on he, Flatbush Avenue, yes. Yeah, and he uh, he played football at Columbia University, and mm-hmm. then he was dra- drafted to, to the Chicago Bears. And wow. I think, yeah, I think in 1937. I don't know, you can you can Google it, but Sid Luckman was on the Bears for maybe about 13, 14 years. And in that time, he won four NFL championships, um, and he became a Hall of Famer after he retired. But in 1945, or maybe 46, one of those two years, he bought the Wingdale Country Club, and he would bring football players there to like do their conditioning and strength training and practicing. And he did that in 1946, and then the Bears won the NFL championship that December. So, like, we... Basically, our camp hosted a football team that became the national champion. So I think that's really cool. That is cool. Yeah. yeah. Another another part of it, um, they would have exhibition basketball games. Um, so they had like some college games, but also the Wingdale Country Club All-Stars hosted the New York Knicks and they beat them, which of course they did because I've been a lifelong Knicks fan and the Knicks have always been a really bad team. <laughs> um but, like, what we know as the stadium courts now, like, that's what they used back then. You know, they had the bleachers and the scoreboard, and they would host, like, college and professional teams who would play exhibition games at the country club. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. What a, what a history. That That is something after yeah. Kiwa. After Kiwa. No, that was before so, Kiwa. So it, it was actually, it was it was kind of during the time of Kiwa. So in 1934, what the, the land that Kiwa took is what we now know as A-Side and the B-Side Boys Kikar. And the Wingdale Country Club was, um, in 1945, they bought up the rest of the land. Um, and then in 1952, Kiwa bought up the Wingdale Country Club and greatly expanded in size because, you know, they got the softball field, uh, the stadium courts, the girls' car, bait on bet, the sun deck, the entire golf course. Um, they got all of that land as well. And then, you know, Kiwa became a much bigger camp. This is great. Yeah. Max, what what a f- phenomenal history. You know, it, no matter how many years you're, we're at camp and whatever the connection, it brings so much meaning to know what came before. And it's just interesting how how it grows on and how's that that Jewish presence goes on through uh, through the decades. Uh, the pro football aspect, I wouldn't have guessed. Right? Yeah, me neither. <laughs> we don't have a football field. We don't have a football team yet. We don't. No, not yet. Well, but now we have that um, yichus. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's great. Yeah. So, I. I we're gonna we're gonna talk more about this, I know, and I hope we can arrange to have you bring some of the people you've been speaking to yeah. over to our virtual studio, so <laughs> so we can discuss this 
at Kovarmababayat. And and this has been it's been great seeing you. Missed you very much this summer. So so Max, this has been great. If someone listens to this and maybe they're from Kiwa or and have some information about the these. Uh, this interesting history or want to get in touch with you is there a how, how can they get in touch with you yeah um my feel free to call me or email me so my phone number is 917-371-9273 and my email is my name max silverstone and then the number 507 because my birthday is may 7th at gmail.com so again that's max silverstone 507 at gmail.com you can also find me on facebook max silverstone and then uh send me a message and i'll be sure to respond to however you want to uh contact me and you can always shoot us an email at studio at camp Rama, studio at colrama.us thank you and we would uh get a message over to max so uh great thanks so much for 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 bringing this information to us. I'm so happy and I look forward to the next time we 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 get to do this again and and you can give us an update for sure. on this research. Thank you for helping me share the information. Fantastic. All right, Max. Uh good. This has been great. Silverstone for taking the time to share with us the research he's done on the history of our camp, Camp Ramah in the Berkshires, how interesting it is. You can listen to all the tracks of an evening concert, Wingdale, New York, and of the Kiwa album that Max has shared with us at colramah.us and at SoundCloud at Colramah Studios. This is Mitch Mernick 
for Radio Kol Ramah, Magishim Kayetz Ba'avir. Thank you. 
אתם מאזינים לשידור ישיר ממחנה רמה בברקשיירס. כל המעלה